Okay, we are live uh, for stream number two from uh, Memorial Park in Bunbury. And uh, of course, my name's Andrew. I'm um, the host of the Hate, Hate News Show. Thank you for joining us. I'm actually joined with Dr. Mark Lofts, Kathy Kelsey, and Sahil Singh. Sahil Singh, who I've only just met. How, welcome, Sahil. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So, uh, we've just been having a quick chat offline and um, Mark, we were talking about the issues around doctors not being allowed to make their own decisions anymore. Um, it's an outrageous uh, situation to be in. How can, can you tell me a little bit about how does APRA pull this off? How are they getting away with this? They can only get away with it because there are corrupt doctors that are allowing it and you have the government pushing these ideas. A HIPAA is not run by doctors, it is run by a group of pharmacists and paid agents from major corporations. The doctors have no control now because a HIPAA tells them, AHPRA, the Australian Health Professionals Regulatory Authority, because this wretched organisation is telling doctors how to think. It's not doing its proper job which is to only look for corruption among doctors. It's telling doctors what to think about prescribing various medications. Because when you have a patient in your office, every patient is different. Mm. Sometimes you have a patient that can't talk or you have a child and you have another person with them to interpret what's going on. And with every patient has a different history, different genetics. And what has happened has been absolutely corrupt. In many cases, if people have not been jabbed, they want doctors to see the people in teleconferences online to, to only have them that way. And while two thirds of a patient's diagnosis is based on history, one third is based on examination. And when a doctor is prohibited from seeing a patient or goes along with a HIPAA corrupted guidelines and does not see the patient directly, he or she cannot examine the patient and they will make major errors in diagnosis. I mean, the person could have a melanoma missed, have liver disease missed, have a whole lot of other symptoms misdiagnosed because he's only working on the history. This is absolute utter corruption, what a HIPAA is telling well, us absolutely. to do. I mean, surely a doctor's... Um, a doctor would need all of their their senses when they're there with the patient. I mean, maybe maybe even a smell could give something away, That's right? That's right. In a few rare cases, you can actually tell from the smell that a person has a particular disease. I believe the rare uh, sexually transmitted disease, donovanosis, can be diagnosed in that way, though I have never smelled such a case. <laughs> well, thankfully, thank, thank the Lord for that, Kathy. Um, <laughs> what... <laughs> Uh, okay, are you, are you all right? We're, we're back together again, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're here. Yep. What, what do you think about that? I mean, as a community leader, you're um, uh, is a chap is it chaplain? What's, minister, yeah. As a minister. We'll do. Chaplain, padre. Padre. They call me vicar sometimes. Vicar Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. It has a ring to it. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Yep. So what do you think about this um, in the sense that a, a doctor – can't attend to their patient in the way that they would a year ago or two years ago. Um, are you seeing cases of people who are having, like, developing 
say, psychological issues just through the um, experience they've had with their doctors? Because I can tell you from a personal experience, I've been to two different doctors asking for an exemption and having to have great big arguments with them. Uh, one of them I threatened with reporting to APRA and that mm. particular doctor started literally quivering. The other one, a young man, uh, just literally doubled down on me and um, continued even after I'd warned him that he was now uh, coercing me, which is highly illegal in a, in a, in a medical practice. He mm. just kept smiling at me and saying, you have to take it. Absolutely. And just speak I, into your microphone. Yeah, yeah. I have a personal experience too recently. My GP I've had for 20 years and I developed a chest infection, severe lung, uh, throat infection, was really unwell, finally made a telehealth appointment for my own doctor. And he said, Kathleen, you sound so sick, you really need to come in here. Yeah. And I said, there's a problem with that. And I said, I can't wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. I've already passed out at the bank because I had a mask on and couldn't breathe. Really? Yep. And he said, well, um, no, well, I said, well, you can solve that by giving me a mask mandate. Exemption. Exemption, sorry, yeah. And he said, uh, uh, no, I can't. And I said, but I, I don't want to pass out in the waiting room. Yeah. And he said, well, no. And I said, but you know the science behind all of this, virology and masks. And he uh. said... Kathleen, some things we do for the greater good. So I never got to see my doctor. I didn't get to see a doctor for a month after that. So I actually thought that the Hippocratic Oath was for the greater good. Exactly. Mark, doesn't it outrage you to hear a do that a doctor is using the old science um, lingo Mm. to describe something that's completely incorrect. That's right. They're using science improperly to claim that uh, this person is too infectious or they must wear a mask under all conditions. It's this corruption that's going on. What we're going to have in the future, they're going to have another variant of COVID or some other disease. They're going to predict that a million Australians will die and after a year or so, 300 die from it and they will tell us that the reason we were saved a million lives was because of masks, lockdowns yeah. and jabs. This yeah. is the absolute corruption of science and it is particularly mediated through mathematics. Yeah, 100%. So he'll and where's the comparative in. analysis? Like, how will we ever know how many people would have survived or died? What, they've got internal modelling? What's their internal That's modelling right. based Their modelling yeah. is entirely mathematical. Yeah, it is. Right. right. But how do we know that mathematical modelling even has any basis on reality? We That's don't. right. Exactly. So it's an entirely corrupt institution. Exactly. It's an of course it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course. Um, just out of interest, uh, Mark, have you heard the story? It's a story from Dr. McCullough in, in the US where he was in, I think it was him anyway, but he was in a hospital where they were literally putting plastic bags over people's heads God to, help to, to transfer them from one ward to the other in case they spread COVID. Yes, that's basically ridiculous. I can remember being at Royal Hobart Hospital when they had a, uh, a, a methicillin-resistant staff uh, person come back from the mainland. They didn't know what to do with him. 
they flung a blanket and a plastic sheet over him and they were carrying him to ward, from ward to ward in a, in a bed, in a wheeled bed. They didn't seem to know what to do and all it ended up doing was spreading the MRSA all over the place since staphylococcus is everywhere. Yeah. And basically putting bags over people's heads. I mean, you might as well put a bag over their head and kill them. I mean, this is uh, basically stupid. This it's is incredible. a minor disease. It's just incredible, isn't mm. it? Have you heard of uh, outrageous stories like that, Cathy? Look, I have, and because I minister, um, I've actually come to a very sad conclusion that there are going to be people who die at home and alone in bad circumstances because of the lack of medical care. Well, I agree. And the amount of people coming to me who I consider uh, on the point of suicide, deep depression, those sorts of things, and I I can give them comfort, but I can't treat them medically. Yeah. And they need medical attention. Just out of interest, I've just got a question for all of you. Um, we'll go one at a time. Just from your gut feeling, Cathy, what, uh, just in terms of, uh, it, it's 10 times more or 100 times more, how, how many times multiplied do you think the injury rate is compared to what's publicly acknowledged? Because I've been meeting a lot of injured yeah. people lately and I'm going to say, because you know how the TGA um, have a, a thing on their website where they say, look, it's this number but we expect that this is only around 1% and it should be, the numbers could be roughly interpreted to be as much as 10% based on the data they have. Well, I'd go so far as to say 100% more. Well, I was going to say 100% but I wanted to check my little memory bank because I've got to scroll through my friends and colleagues Mm. And the injuries aren't always massive and acute. Yes, that's right. They're these small things that are happening with breakdown of skin and yeah. and the problems with um, the way they think, the psychology. And those there. people conveniently are never um, acknowledged by the medical community as having an issue. Absolutely. So, so Hill, what, what do you think? What, how many times greater do you think the injury rate is? Just you, what's your gut feel? Look, I hate to make estimations um, when I just don't have the appropriate data. Yeah, but that we're just talking off gut feel here. Yeah. Well, just, um, t- just angle that up. Sorry, yeah. sir. You're right. The problem is it is unknowable. It's, it, it is by definition unknowable. Yes, yes. And, and that's actually the whole catastrophe of the situation. And it, it, it's, it's almost like... That's that that that's why it is inherently corrupt, because we don't know, we yeah. can't possibly know. You mean the data has been skewed knowingly, hasn't it, Mark? The data has been it, skewed. It, it probably has been knowingly skewed, but it's also we can't detect. Maybe we don't know how much we can't detect of his injuries. Mm. Can we detect forty percent? Well, that's why I'm talking about gut feel because the I'm meeting so many people that are seriously injured now. <laughs> fuck. Oh, we just Jesus. had a bit of an accident. One of the chairs collapsed. Pardon my, um, pardon my language, everybody. But um, one of our contestants has just dropped off his chair, and we're just getting reorganised. We nearly lost the laptop and everything. Um, Can I just have sorry an about that, No, that's all right. Go. No, no, because uh, you know, when I was allowed, I used to entertain at nursing homes. Right. And um, a lot of the the problems was that a lot of the injuries were put down to age yeah. in nursing homes, cellulitis and, and 
and the eruptions of spontaneous and pretty horrible skin cancers and things, yep. chest infections, urinary tract infections. They weren't put down because the people were jabbed the week before when I was there. They were put down because of their age related. They're in a yeah. nursing home, by the way, you know, so you've got to expect Just another way to um, sweep it under the carpet. I don't think they're counted as adverse reactions. They wouldn't be. No, or but even suspected of being. But there are so many people like that. I know a guy who um, ended up in hospital for a full week after his second jab um, and they won't give him any paperwork, um, no acknowledgement that it had anything to do with the jab. But I, I won't say in this case that that guy's a perfectly healthy guy. He's not. But, I mean, we could equally, equally be talking about someone who is perfectly healthy. It doesn't make a, a difference. The point is, is that they're not being examined with the prospectus that it has anything to do with the injury. It's that, that's the last case solution that's, you know, Mark, tell me. That's right. Uh, as for the uh, actual rate of injuries compared to what's being reported in the mainstream media, uh, the true rate of injuries is at least uh, 10 to 20 times higher. Mm. That's a real injuries, but there's also the hidden injuries that yes. people are going to get. Every time you get the jab, you get more aluminium in your body, you get more graphene oxide, and we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but we do know that it's going to be terrible because this protein that's injected into your body, either the protein of the Novavax, or worse still, the mRNA from the uh, others like AstraZeneca and Pfizer, they reproduce in the body. The RNA gets attached even into your own DNA and you produce a syncytin-like uh, mm. protein. This uh, viral spike protein resembles a human protein called syncytin, mm. which is needed, especially in women, to enable their fertility. Mm. And their fertility will be destroyed entirely if you inject them as little children with this damaging jab. And that appears also to work on spermatozoa as well. They have syncytin receptors. You go jabbing people with these things, making them make antibodies to spike protein. It'll cross-react with the syncytin, and basically you'll render all children sterile. It's crazy, isn't it? That's Just right. to wrap this conversation up, um, what is the life expectancy on average of someone who has myocarditis? Uh, five years on average. That's not much. You get it when you're 10 years old. You're not going to have any children of your own. You're not even going to be able to go out and play sport. Well, I have a second cousin, gorgeous young girl, 19 years old, who has just been diagnosed. 19. I'm very sorry to hear that, mate. Yeah. I am very too. Bad. I haven't actually spoken to my cousin yet about his daughter. Um, I just don't know how to actually phone him up. That's right. They'll be in denial for quite a while, and it is certain it's due to the jab. They had the jab. Just oh, before. my mother was the one that told me about it, oh. and she said to me, and this is a um, – my mother's a fantastic lady. She um, used to um, work in operating theatres, so she, she should she know better. But she said to me, oh, they think it's because of the Pfizer. And I said, geez, mm. mum, do you think so? Yes. I'd say it is, mum. Yep. Um, so moving on away from that gruesome subject, Sahil, tell us all about why you're here. What's your mission? Sure. Do you mind if I just quickly add a comment just – Please, please. So, um, sorry, your name? Uh, Mark. Mark. So Mark was mentioning um, essentially how the doctors are given, you know, pieces of paper and it tells them what to do. They're yeah. not told much more beyond that. Mm. 
I have personal knowledge of that because I have a whole family full of doctors and I've yeah. gone through all of this. The main and I, I have interrogated them and everyone's interrogated their own doctor anyway. So we all mm. know this, but mm. I'm just personally commenting on my own situation. Mm. And you can imagine the fights I have with my parents over this. <laughs> but, it, but, but the thing is, it's quite crazy because they get the pieces of paper. I guess I've already admitted it to my father. And you bring the pieces. I get them to bring the pieces of paper and I go, okay, that's what it says. But what do you know about that thing? What yeah. do you know about that chemical? What do you know about mm. this? What do you know about that? And have you taken 10 minutes, half an hour, one hour to go online or go read your big doctor books and actually find out yeah. what – What does he say? He gets frustrated with He just screams at me and tells me to take the jab. <laughs> yeah, my father was a GP. He had uh, – it was very similar. Well um, – then I've got, since you had to ask that, I've got a question for both yourself, Sahil, and Mark. Um, my father was a GP and he used to have to go, and I think it was four weekends a year, where they were educational weekends, you'd have to, to maintain your licence. Who pays for the educational weekends? I thought the GP himself had to do that. No. Do you I know, think they don't tell me it's a drug company. That's it? what I was about to say. That's oh. what it is. You should see the amount of drug companies that came in when I was a kid. Toys, toys, toys galore. And that's how, oh, the, whole, that's how it's, the whole mm. corrupt system works. I don't even think many GPs are getting paid off. But mm. even even that friendly gesture, I have witnessed myself yeah. um, lead to them deciding to choose certain medications over others. That's right, because the drug companies only educate them in BS. They're not telling right. them genuine science at all. After the Vioxx scandal in the 1990s, all this should have been stopped. But the drug companies have control of major journals like the New England That's Journal right. of Medicine, and we are really screwed unless we stop these drug companies once and for all. 100%. Yeah. Um, just for the audience out there, and I mean, I've got we've got a couple of people online here at the moment, but anyone who's listening to this later on, if you know differently to what we've just discussed in, in terms of these educational weekends, please make a comment and let me know because it's something we really want to investigate much more deeply. So now, finally, Sahil. You are working on a plan to try and bring the various freedom movement parties together. Yes, sir. Talk all, tell us all about it. Look, so I wish I had my diagrams here so I could really follow the, line, the plan, but I'll, right. I'll try to get as much as I can from my head right now. Let's start with WA. If there is not a concerted effort between the parties to create some sort of national body, it's game over. It's game over because you're not sharing your databases, you're not sharing your money, you're not sharing your volunteers, and all of that needs to be shared because what you get, for example, in an election, let's go with scrutineers and volunteers. Mm. You've got barely anyone anywhere. You've got 10 people in one spot, two people in another. I covered four electorates for volunteers, for example. I was moving my people everywhere because I'd find out oh, there's two people in Gap over there, and then, you know, so, so yeah. you move them somewhere else. It's not effective, right? But that, yeah. That's one little example. You and, mean you're just spreading your resources too thinly? Yeah, and, but and, we and, don't even have the resources anyway. Yeah, like, yeah I, that's I, right. I, I, but to go for the broader picture, the broader picture is you need to counter the – even mainstream is not the appropriate word. I don't even know if establishment's the perfect uh, – But, the, yeah, the existing, the existing the ex media platforms. The, yeah, the existing – the existing state of affairs in terms of the ideological possession of this country. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. Now, what you need to do to counter that is you need to mirror every single institution they use to enact that sort of ideological um, 
I don't want to use BS. propaganda, BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can just use these words because they are the true words, right? Yeah. Um, don't self-censor, mate. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I've become one of them. We, we, uh, often, we often all um, have, say a swear word on this channel um, just for the fun of it. Well, it's our channel, sir, and guess what? It's a free country. Yeah, so to exactly. continue, um, I'll give you for one example. Get up. How is there not by now a mirror to get up just disproving every single thing they do, but not only disproving mm. all of that, also campaigning in the exact same way they do, except from the other side. How do we not have that organized yet? We have so many parties, enough money. Palmer could have done it. Anyone could mm. have done it. In fact, donations could have done it if it was organized properly. It's, mm. not a, it's not a big amount of money. That's why I took this giant loan and I'm going to do it if no one else does it. Okay? But I, God, I hope people help me out because I'm a poor guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we need to set something like that up. We also need to set up things like a media front. And it has to be a media front that's yes. obviously supported by the parties, but it has to be independent. Now, in 10 years, 20 years, it could be the new Fox News of Australia. Obviously not Fox News. But I see what you're saying. We need to come together and build a proper platform that educates people as well as gives us the opportunity it, to get the messages out that need to be get out because you're never going to get the coverage from the mainstream. It, in fact, yeah, it, it's exactly that. What we need, in fact, is a parallel system. We need a completely parallel system. That's correct. That's it. We cannot trust these people to put what we are arguing. At, even if they put what we're arguing, are they going to put it in the right words? Are they going to slant it? What are they going to do? No, we need a completely parallel system on every level. That's from right. things like GetUp to media. We need. I, I, to be honest, those are the two big ones. That's where you get the biggest um, bang mm. for your buck. Mm. That's where you fight them on a national level. And in fact, that's where you get other countries looking in. Like if you That's watch, right. if you watch, I'm bringing up Fox News again, and don't worry, I don't just watch Fox News, but they're a great example of this because, as much as people hate Rupert Murdoch, they actually are the independent news source in America. Yeah, they are, well, they're probably one of the better ones. Exactly, yeah. exactly. In yeah. terms of the major ones. You yeah, know it's, I, mean, I mean, it's like comparing Sky News to exactly, um, exactly, another and another channel. I mean, Sky is fairly conservative, but geez, they go astray on a regular basis. Sure. No, sure, exactly. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Right. So, what next? What are we talking about next before we wrap this up? We're only doing short segments today. We've done two, or already one half hour segment, and we're um, well and truly into our second half an hour. Um, is there something that you'd like to bring up, Kathy, in terms of what um, Sir Hills just said? or any other issue that you'd like to talk about? What, what do you think, where do you think we need to go next to succeed for the next election run? Or is there something else you'd like to bring up? My, my hope, if you like, and prayer is in the fact that, look, the voting might be over and, you know, the last of the counts and the scrutineering might be there, but I don't think for one minute that it's, it's over. Yeah. Um, there is too much stuff being brought to light now and I'm urging anybody that was a scrutineer that saw anything out of place to contact the people, Rod Cullerton being one, um, who are taking this uh, right as far as they can go, you know, yep. investigating. Yeah, he um, would be a good contact. I'm, I myself asked to see the electoral writ at the polling booth and was told it wasn't there. Turned around, there's my local MP. I asked her where I could see it. And she said, I suggest you call the AEC. And I said, but you're my representative. You should know. 
Yeah. So, you know, there's too much dirty work here. The housekeeping's being done. It just might take some time. And I don't for one minute think that it's going to take the three years or the four years or whatever. I, I think it's going to be quicker than that. Um, Can I ask why do you think it'll be quicker than that? Why? Because yeah. of courageous, diligent, mm. uh, motivated people who are trying to clean up this mess, who are trying to yeah. hang it out, all right, for everybody to see it. Look how filthy this was right from the start, right? You voted at a totally fraudulent election, right? The people that got in knew that what was going to happen. They already booked their ticket to Japan, right? They got sworn in on the on the same day as the count yeah. or the, the vote. Don't you tell me that – what are you telling me? They're fortune tellers? Yeah, exactly. Could uh, I just, sorry, uh, respond to you? Because we just had a quick conversation before and yep. you essentially said that. What I'm not convinced about is – it's great to have courageous people, but people were courageous before this election yep. too. So it's like, how courageous do we have to get to? Like, hang how, on, you know, courage, yeah, but, courage didn't stop on the day. Yeah, all right. That's courage, right. courage doesn't diminish because one little battle was lost. This is this is it does for some people. This is a dirty war. I've always said right from the start. Yeah, this is a, a dirty, dirty war. filthy war. I agree. It's not a long war. Yeah, it's not a long war. But that's don't you think? Belief. But I'll tell you why I agree with you. And um, please jump in, Mark. Um, I specifically asked you about myocarditis because I think that's been one of the great miscalculations, which is if you've allowed, if they've done this on purpose, and I believe they have, they've allowed something like myocarditis to become very prominent. And when these people start dying, which we know they're going to, and it's going to be in great numbers, we've already had massive waves of heart attacks and the media's doing an enormous, making an enormous effort to cover that up. That's right. Making out like um, it's because people haven't been able to see their doctor during the lockdown, yet predominantly it's sports people and athletes who are affected because of their, you know, their elite blood system. That's right. They're more vigorous blood flow. Yep. Um, and, I mean, I've got, anyone who, who believes that's a moron because – Professional sports people never miss medical appointments. That's right. They have team doctors. Mm. <laughs> it's very regimented. Uh, that that whole propaganda piece that the media is putting out is utter BS and everyone should recognise it for what it is. That's correct. So then, you know, we're only – we're already a full well and truly a year and a half into this. So we've only got three and a half years to go and we're going to start seeing mass die-offs. That's right. And they're going to try to f explain it on another basis. That's when right. the people start to die, they're going to blame the unvaxxed people. That's right. And that, to look most cynically, is look at Israel, where they've forcibly jabbed most of the people. What they want to do is when the ordinary flu season starts and the ordinary Jewish people get sick, they want to be able to blame the Palestinians who yeah. are, in general, unjabbed. They can't get the vaccines, but many of them stupidly are screaming for it. So they're going to have the settlers murder the Palestinians and the Israeli government and army will say, look, it's nothing to do with us. And it's, there's going to be so yeah. many other situations like that where just things, That's historical right. things will just kick off again for all the wrong reasons. That's right. And that's why Vladimir Zelenko, the doctor who discovered the ivermectin treatment, why he, who was of Jewish background, called the Israeli Prime Minister, Naftali uh, Bennett, he called him a Gilgal, a reincarnation of Joseph Mengler, the Nazi doctor, which is a real insult for one Jew to another. Uh, uh, yeah, 
Absolutely. And I mean, people are saying the same about Justin Trudeau. And of course, yes. we're all saying that about Mark McGowan over here. And, you know, there's so many leaders that you could you could speak to on that in those bases. Um, so where do we go from here? So, he'll say, well, mate, could I please make jump points? in? Jump I, in. I would yeah. just like to uh, reply to something you said. Yeah. Um, and eventually, if we could get to uh, what I want to do, advertise today, that would be great too. Yeah, well, that's what I, I, I know you're going to ask me before, that. but I got caught in the interesting conversation. Yeah. No, what you mentioned earlier about the scapegoat. So I consider my background quite theological. Now, what was Jesus Christ? He was the scapegoat. He was the scapegoat for the sinners, right? Mm -hmm. What's happening here? Well, we're going to be scapegoated. We're going to be scapegoated for sins we did not commit. And what's going to happen then is the entire society will come together and they will rejoice because we're gone. And that's a natural human phenomenon that didn't just start with Christ. It happened back in the mythological ages. It's happened ever since. Mm. It happened in Nazi Germany. It's actually something well, so the, deeply the, psychological. The witch trials, classic ex Everything. example. It's yeah. something so deeply psychological. So all we're, witnessing, it, all, we're, all we're witnessing again is something that has happened time and time again in human history and sometimes to the level of magnitude like Christ and other times in mythology when you had, you know, smaller groups like Oedipus, that's another story like awesome. that. Um, that's the real worry that, and, and it's why I disagree with you, ma'am, that we can just beat this. We're not fighting just like people on the ground. We're fighting something that is actually so intrinsic to who we are as a species that it's actually quite terrifying. And we have to figure out how we can, it's not even how we can beat it, how we can reveal this truth before it happens. Because I'm worried, frankly, that it might not start here, but when it does begin and people who are unvaccinated start falling in the streets to machetes yeah, in well, Africa mate, and India, it will come here eventually. Yeah, too. and I, I see where you're coming from. But look, my experience, I'm out, I've come out of the mines um, where obviously that's 60% of the workforce in WA, right? Um, so many of my old colleagues, and I'm talking a hundred odd people, are so outraged about the booster shot. So they took the double jab because that's what they had to do to keep mm. their job. And then the story changed and then it's changed again just now. More and more. More and more. And they're getting more and more upset about it. Um, but I keep asking these people, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep taking them in to have your job? Or won't we taking the next one? And then you know it's going to happen. They're going to they're going to take it, right? Need the money, exactly. And then people are going to get sicker and sicker. And I think the death rate's going to actually suddenly spike. It already has spiked, but there's been a mass cover up on that. I mean, this is why we have funeral directors on the internet going, "This is insane. We've That's never right. seen death rates like, like this, this ever mm. in history, in their histories." Um, I think that's going to become more and more prevalent. And I do believe that, um, you know, you, darkness can never win over the light. And I just think, yes, there could be bloodshed. There could be all sorts of things happen. We could get really negative about it. But is it really that negative when you, you we will get to the other side and we will have evolved because of that experience? So, yes, it is negative. It's horrible. It's it's all those things, but I, I do believe that there's a deep positive outcome here. Yep, absolutely. I we will to get God. to the other side. Do you know what? This 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 hasn't happened in the last three years. This hasn't That's happened right. since 2019. Mm. All right? This is it's, a long-term plan. Much a, greater than 20 years plan. And this is an evil, evil plan. Who knows how long, really? Hey? Know, it could it, be 100 years. You don't know. That's absolutely. Right. It is and, definitely. But the other thing, too, yeah. that evil is sneaky. 
it's covert, it's filthy, it doesn't want to be noticed because it's planning and it's getting away with heaps and heaps. Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden we know evil. Mm. And you, that's because a light got shone on it. Yeah. They're no longer covert. We see you. They're coming out big we, time. We see you. Yeah. And the thing is the greatest advantage you can have is to know the face of your enemy. Mm-hmm. Truth. Because now you know who you have to defeat. Mm. Yes. So you see they're exposed. I believe you're right. So we have got the higher ground because they are that, exposed. Yep, yep. And we might think scary and all what, you know, but we can look after Australia and Australian people and there's an awful lot of good happening around the world. Yeah. And they, you know, they will fight the early dirty fight and we'll get the flow-on effect of that and we'll be helped. Yes. And it's something I'd like to make a comment to you, Sahil, is that, um, you know, the entire establishment, and we've talked about mainstream media and things like that, that's all been built around that existing, well, the existing establishment. Now, here we are, we've gone into reactive mode for the last six months. Um, we've had this tragic election result, which has been, you know, not shocking. I don't think it's shocking, but um, a little bit of a wake-up call, I think, is probably a word for it. I mean, uh, there are people out there that were expecting miracles. I know I was never one of them. Um, because I believe in the, some of the words that have been said here today in the park that we it's a, it's going to be a long, hard journey and we're just at the beginning of it. So the point I'd like to make is now that we've had all this happen, we're now, we're now in a reflective stage. We're going to come back together and we're going to be much more coordinated in the way that we do it and we will build our own media platforms and we will have a much stronger voice the next time. The next time might not be the... The, the total result that we're looking for. The point really is that we do make and we do advance. That's right. That's and right. we make change. That's right. So, Sahil, just to wrap up, mate, how do people contact you? Um, you can phone me on 0425 611 Yes, that is the devil's number. I was once a militant atheist and now I'm an Eastern Orthodox. So <laughs> that's how that works out. <laughs> You're uh, a brave man putting your phone number on the internet like that. But yes, go well. On. But you've also it's got to... It's going to be burnt soon enough, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my email address, we're sorting out an official party email address for AFP. I am not an AFP. I am not representing AFP here. Yeah. But I personally believe they have the best shot in terms of what we can... They have the most infrastructure. I'll yep. put it that way. So at yep. least if we can start with them, we can move forward. Yep. Now... Um, Sorry, could you... Uh, well, how do people contact you for, for your initiative? Yes. You're trying to put a, a, a master database together of all of the, um, I guess, for the want sure. of the better term, the freedom it. movement people. Yeah, I'll get into it. So I want... Look, anyone listening here, thank you. You can email me on my personal email and there'll be a proper structure set up, I would say, by Monday mm-hmm. when I have my final meeting and... Uh, have the final uh, you work out the details and then you can start the details are worked out it's that. just about convincing all these parties hey here's a, here's a deal right I've, let's say I've talked to 10 parties something like that Yeah. every single one comes to me and goes yeah I'll do it if the other 9 parties do it yeah right? of course it's, it's absolutely bonkers so for now email me my email is sahilpanagagmail.com so that is S for Sierra A for Alpha H for Harry I for Indigo L for Lima, P for Pineapple, A for Alpha, N for Nelly, A for Alpha, and G for Godbless at gmail.com. Now, email me there. 
tell me what your skills are. Tell me how you can help in any possible way. What we need to do, and this is what I came down here to do to advertise, is get 10,000 people in a nice oval, get PA equipment, and we can do this every two weeks, but we got to start one weekend, and it could be this long weekend. The day will be finalized by Monday latest. Okay, but you want people to join your database and so that you can try and merge it all together and get one great big yeah, so mailing here's the system thing. happening? We want, a, we want a black box database so that no parties get it, okay? We start with that. It'll be organized. We'll have all your skill sets on it. Then we have more town halls, and we discuss how do we advance from here. Now, obviously, we cannot take too long to do this because there's work to be done, you know. But it, quite frankly, is the only way to do it because by doing that, you not only create a state and national campaign with all the positions filled. And let's say we don't fill all the positions. That's fine. We'll fill a hell of a lot of them. Um, you also, let's just forget about the media and the other stuff because we've talked about that. You've created a union. You've created the strongest union in this country mm -hmm. by doing so, right? Okay. And that union has people with skills who can create a business, right? And we should be creating a business and we should be having money flowing into our coffers. That's not wrong. There's nothing wrong about that. No. Volunteers are great, but let's get money coming in. Like I said, they want to fight a money game. We'll fight a money game too. Well, not only that, um, I guess... Mark and Kathy, you'd probably agree that uh, all of these people that are working so hard in this movement desperately need an income. That's Absolutely. right. I personally, I don't need savings, but I need to pay my bills. No, it's not about donations, mm. though. It's about yeah. we set up business structures. Oh, no, that's, well, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, yeah, we, sure. well, that's what we need to do. We sure. need to do that. Okay, thank you, Sahil. So, Mark, any final words? Uh, Dr. Mark Loss. No, uh, retired Dr. Right. Mark yeah. Loss. Uh, I just have to think, I think Sahil has got a very important point. We have to have a basic database so that others can draw on it. A uh, number of our parties do try to get on together. GAP and uh, Australian Federation Party and IMOP get together and we have to uh, organise for something with others as well since they have some ideological differences. And Cathy? And me. More and more people are going to wake up, but they're going to wake up through the worst possible scenario. There was a brave young man here that said that he's already bought two coffins. And mm. that's what it's going to take, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. Right. And I know that in my own family. Yeah. Right? So more and more people are going to come on our side because of that. And we don't ever go to the I told you so party. That's right. Well, I, and that's something, that's a lesson I've got to learn. I've got to stop being, um, I guess, angry. Absolutely. Is the right word for it. So, you know, you find your own peace. You support the community that's grown around you with the people who speak the same language of you. Yep. And you're kind. Yep. You've, don't argue anymore because they're not listening to the argument. Yep. No, they're not. But what that's they're going right. to be needing is you and your peace. With that, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon, Kathy. What, um, one last thing. One last thing, Sahil. Thank you. We're, uh, we've got a man over here waiting for his chair. Sorry. Back. It's my first podcast and I'm just so excited. <laughs> no, look, I just wanted to stress that this is not my operation, okay? I just, I was just the only guy who could start it. And when I talk about a black box, it's not for me. Yeah. We will come together as a committee and it's going to be a proper committee. It's almost like a NATO, right? If someone doesn't agree with what's being done with the data, everyone gets a veto. Yeah, just speaking to your mic, mate. Sorry, if, if someone doesn't agree what's being done with the data, yep. every party involved, they get a veto. 
if someone is working against our interests, we simply push them out. And this might sound, you know, not... Look, not there are a lot of challenges around getting people to work together. It's not like you can go and start a business that sells cars and then have employees or whatever it might no, be. No, this is a long This game. is a very different structure. Mate, 100%, people are going to start realising that because that's the only way forward is by working together. So with that, thank you very much for joining me, Mark, Kathy, and Sahil. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for your efforts. And I'd just like to say a quick hello to Robin, one of our listeners who's been here the entire time. Hello, Robin, and I will talk to you soon. Um, Robin and I are going to do some co-hosting together. So um, we're, we're lining up a couple of shows now, which is, are going to be really interesting. Speaking with homeless people who have become homeless because of this crazy... Mark McGowan dictates. Dictates, yeah. Dictates, yeah. That's right. Righto. So thank you, everyone, and thank you to, to all our listeners. Until next time, this is the 8 News Show. I'm Andrew Hughes, and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks very much.